And it is Monday night, indeed. That's the uh, that's the way to tell at this time. When it is 7 o'clock, it's time for the Employment Hour. Dave Vaughn back in the chair tonight and a bunch of stuff to get through. We'll talk about termination of an employment. We'll talk about uh, the severance pay calculator. It is always a, a full show. And uh, Dave, welcome back to the uh, the chair, brother. I know you got a couple things going on for the uh, for the week that was. First, a uh, phone number, phone lines, yeah, already open. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. You want to call in, ask your uh, employment, job place questions about your boss, your employment, a severance package, uh, workplace harassment, anything under this uh, rather large banner of employment we tackle each uh, each year, each week here on the show. So feel free to call in one triple eight. Uh, 225-TALK, that number is toll-free, and help at employmenthour.com through email. We'll see if we can get to a few of those before shows end as well. As mentioned, week that was, what do you got going on, pal? Yeah, a couple uh, interesting ones uh, to discuss this cool. week with you. Uh, the first one is a case uh, in which I re- uh, recently resolved with an eight-month employee. Uh, he was 52 years old in a middle management uh, role. The uh, key here, though, was he was recruited from another job. So before he started at this company, he actually had just over five years of service in another position. So the company, and there's a there's a job offer letter. It doesn't say anything about termination letter or about termination. Um, so there's no terms uh, limiting his empl- his termination entitlements. Um, they have a headhunter that recruits him, brings him over to this new uh, job, and uh, after eight months, not very long, he's let go. The company initially pays them two weeks because they say, you know, that's that's more than your minimum standards under yep. the Employment Standards Act. You're only here. You weren't even here for a year, so we're being generous. Um, uh, I got involved, and uh, we wrote the company a letter just explaining uh, that, you know, first of all, even if he was an eight-month employee at that age, uh, middle management, two weeks would be nowhere near good enough. And given the fact that he was recruited with a, with a headhunter from another company, mm-hmm. uh, he should actually get some credit for that, um, that, that previous services in, in terms of uh, calculating the notice period. So um, it wouldn't be just based on eight months of service. He would actually get a longer notice period because he was previously employed and recruited from that employment. We were able to resolve the case for a six-month severance package. Um, so uh, he was quite happy with that, uh, given the circumstances. And what uh, the importance of this is, um, you know, we always talk about the severance pay calculator, age, years yep. of service, and position. But and, and those are the most important factors. But there's always other factors we talk about that can actually increase the severance package someone's owed. In this case, he's not just an eight-month employee, because um, he might tell people, oh, I, you know, I was let go, I have eight months of service, and people are going to say, oh, you're not entitled to very much. Um, but that's not the case here when he was recruited from another job. So it's always important to not only check out the severance calculator, but also give us a call to talk to us about the situation because you could have unique circumstances um, that can increase the severance package. And, I mean, in this case, he got a severance package that was almost equal to his length of employment with the company. Um, and it's it's also one of those things that you want to be wary of when you're when you're being recruited from another company is you know inside that employment document there's no there's no verbiage that says you know will not recognize pre- previous service if you got 12 years at a, at a previous company you don't want to give that up when it comes to the back end of your severance right yeah that's right in this case he was lucky that uh, you know that it was a very simple job offer letter that didn't address it so it didn't right. get rid of that. Um, you know, did, didn't rebut that presumption. But, um, you know, sometimes, a lot of the time I'll, I'll look at uh, employment agreements um, that people have signed and, you know, they think they've been induced or recruited and they want credit for the previous service. But, you know, you, you go to the term, you know, you open up the employment agreement and there's, you know, a couple things that can happen. There's one, there's a probationary clause. 
So it says, you know, you for, for the first three months of employment, we can let you go and pay you nothing. So right away, you're giving up all your years of service in, in the, during the th- first three months. You can actually be let go with no severance whatsoever. Um, there could be a termination clause that limits you to the Employment Standards Act or to another formula um, that doesn't recognize uh, length of service. And then third, there can actually be express provisions saying exactly what you said, uh, John, that, you know, we do not recognize any other service and, you know, you're coming over here without any other representations. Um, so that's obviously going to be a factor that, that can be that will be considered by the courts in determining whether there was inducement. So it's, you know, if you're... Whenever we talk to people who, have, who are about to sign an employment agreement, it's a difficult situation because a lot of the time they're unemployed, right? And so to sign, to, they want a job. And mm-hmm. a lot of companies aren't going aren't to budge on those types of provisions. They're not going to budge on probation. They're not going to budge on uh, the termination provision. So it, it can be tough, a tough situation for someone because you need the job. So a lot of the time you're not going to you know, demand they remove it. You can ask, you can try to negotiate. But a lot of the time, you know, if it's, you know, it's either sign the employment agreement or don't take the job. But if you have, if you're coming from another job, if you're right. currently employed, you, ha- you should have the leverage in the sense that yes. um, they're, they're, they're the ones recruiting you. And second, you need to just look at, you know, your own circumstances. Like, are you really going to give up that previous service? I've pe- seen people leave jobs of 10, 15 years, and then they get let go quite quickly um, after they, they make the move. And it's a terrible situation. Yeah, that'll that'll sting big time. Again, the phone number 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. And one triple eight two two five talk That is toll-free. What else you got going on, brother? Oh, John, one more thing I wanted to say. Yep. I know some of the call, sure. sometimes callers will uh, you know, tell us, you know, you need to provide some you know, more advice for employers. Um, right. And uh, we can, in terms of the inducement issue, um, you know, employers are going to say, oh, that's, you know, that, yeah, I recruited someone or I wanted to, you know, bring someone in, but, um, you know, I don't want to recognize their previous service. I want to protect myself. Well, you can have that employment agreement and like we were talking about. You can have a clause that says, you know, we're not recognizing your service. Um, here's, you know, a, a formula that limits your termination uh, entitlements to, you know, the Employment Standards Act minimums or some other formula you're comfortable with. And, you know, that's important for both parties. And it's actually being fair to everyone. You know, might, we might, someone might say, oh, you're, you know, you're, trying to take advantage of the employee, you're actually not, right? You're actually telling them, you know, before you leave this job, you just need to know we're not recognizing your service. So I think it's better to address it up front just so if the employment relationship doesn't work out, Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, you know, everyone knows what's, uh, you know, what's going to happen. All right. What else you got going on? Uh, Another one I had was uh, a constructive dismissal case. And in this case, they lowered uh, my uh, client's compensation, uh, base salary specifically, by 10% because of some business, uh, the business conditions and and their, you know, financial standing in the company. And, um, you know, 10% is a significant cut in compensation. Um, And uh, that uh, that was clearly a constructive dismissal. And um, it doesn't matter that, uh, you know, they they want to, you know, there's business issues they're facing or whatnot. Um, You know, that's a significant uh, cut to an important term of employment with someone's compensation. And, um, you know, the the employee or my client um, just couldn't accept that. It was too big of a cut. They couldn't, uh, you know, that was their, their pay. That was the deal. So they did consider their employment to be constructively terminated. Mm-hmm. Um, before doing so, they gave the employer an opportunity to to not go ahead with the change. Uh, they they got that in an email. The employer, you know, went ahead with it anyways, and and uh, so we were able to uh, resolve that matter um, based on a full severance package for this individual um, ba- on their previous pay. Um, and the the importance here is, or the important thing to know here is, um, you have to 
Before a constructive dismissal, you need to be able to give the employer a chance to not go ahead with the change, and that should always be in writing. And you need to act relatively quickly, especially with something as concrete as a 10% reduction in salary. Um, that's nothing that's, um, you know, it's not changes to duties and responsibilities that can be, you know, the employer can come back and say, oh, no, you know, we're just trying to help you or we're just trying to, uh, you know, uh, get, uh, you know, we think you're overworked, so we're taking a few duties away. This is pretty clear. It's 10% reduction. You know when it's coming into play. Um, so you have to act quickly on this in terms of telling them that you're not accepting it and you are considering it to be a constructive dismissal. And as we always say, you got these, uh, you got to nip these in the bud because what happens one time if you kick the door open, they walk through. Yeah, you're done, exactly. Right? So once you accept yeah. this, um, yeah. you know, and you're given a small, a small amount of time to, uh, yeah. to see if it's, uh, you know, if you're going to treat it as a constructive dismissal. But salary is the toughest because it's just so concrete, and as soon as they implement it, um, I mean, there's nothing really to test out. You're you either know you can, you know, you're you're willing to accept the reduction or you're not. Um, in terms of compensation, when we're talking about accept, you know, giving it a chance and giving it some time, the the, t- the tricky ones are b- changes to the bonus or the commission structure, because in those cases they can may implement a change um, that the employee may think is going to be a huge reduction in pay, but the employer is going to have may have a different story, and they say, oh, the reason right. we're doing this is because you know we're going to you'll be able to sell more or your your commission, gotcha. you know, what I mean, you'll be able to actually sell to more people, more customers. So even though yeah your your commission from each sale will will go down you'll have more sales, um, so those ones are a little more tricky. Sometimes you need to see what happens um, with that, and so it's important actually not to jump the gun in those cases. You can give it a spin, take, take it for a spin. Say I'm just going to try this out and see you know if you're just shining the apple and making it look good, or if this is uh, you know rubber rubber meets the road. I'm actually making more money, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, in, in fact, I think that in those types of cases with uh, commissions and bonuses, it's very important to do that because the last thing you want is to give the employer an argument that, no, it was actually going to increase the compensation or um, it was actually going to, you know, the compensation would have been the same. He just didn't give it a try. Yeah. John Candy and Planes Trains. I have a Casio watch. Is he? <laughs> we'll get Classic. to a uh, first, first call of the evening. Uh, Ander, how are you? Uh, how are you? Thank you. Good. What's going on with you, pal? I uh, just have a quick question. I work for yeah. a small employer, and uh, they usually do issue the checks they give us the checks. Uh, we are on a bi-weekly payroll, yep. and they issue the check on a Tuesday. They, we get the check on a Tuesday, right? Now, because of the long weekend, uh, their accountant goes into work on a Tuesday, and we get issued the checks on a, on a Wednesday. Now, is there an obligation by the employer to anticipate the payroll when it's a long weekend? I guess estimating the hours and then pay us before, or because they told us that they've always done that. It's a small business, right? And they never had a problem, but uh, I, I seem to be, have read somewhere that if uh, there is a long weekend, the employer has to issue the check before. They cannot change the date when they issue the check just because of the long weekend. Have they always done it like that? Always done it, yeah. And how long I mean, have you worked there? Uh, I've only, I only started, so I don't really want to start something because I've always, you know, I only started to work uh, at the employer here uh, more than three months. Right, and uh, I've always sort of known that, but I read it. But uh, so I'm not sure if there's an obligation. Well, they're supposed uh, to have regular scheduled pay pay periods. Um, I guess they would argue that it's always been like that. So um, you know, they don't have to. Uh, you know, it's, they're going to maintain that. Uh, is it a huge issue for you in terms of uh, does it does it impact? Well, your... you know, just we have uh, you know some payroll, not payroll, but some pay. You know, bills come out. You know, mortgages, that kind of stuff. Right. Sometimes, you know, most of the times it doesn't make a difference, but uh, 
um, you know, they did tell me that the world is done like that. So, uh, you know, I wanted to know if there was an obligation by them to, to kind of uh, issue the check either on the same day or before. And uh, it should be it should be made on the Tuesday. If it's always paid on the Tuesday, the check should be issued on the on the Tuesday. On the um, Tuesday. In terms of actually what you're going to do about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could speak to the Ministry of Labor and see if they can help you. But um, you know, the other, the first thing to do, I think, would be to talk to the employer and just see if there's, tell them the predicament you're in, tell them that, you know, it's really important that you, because of your bills and your obligations, that you get that check on the Tuesday and see what they can do because maybe they will change their practice. Yeah, because they told us that uh, no, because the accountant gets uh, his day off as well, and uh, he's the one that does the check. Yeah, that makes and, sense. Uh, um, right, so they're not gonna make him come to work on a on a long weekend. No, right? nor so, should they. But is there another way to do it? Can can you get it, you know, done on the the yeah, Friday before? Can you get it done on the Tuesday morning? Yeah, um, yeah. So. They told us it's difficult. They do it on a Friday before. It's difficult to estimate the hours, and they have to pay the difference. Right. Know, yeah. Because the pay period ends on the Saturday, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's what they told us. That they, oh, you know, we have to estimate, and I don't know how many hours. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Work. So can they? I mean, what can they do it on the Tuesday morning? Uh, well, Tuesday morning, um, well, the accountant goes in in the afternoon, so we only get it the day after, right? Got it, yeah. The, uh, the account of the office is uh, it's a different location, and we uh, the business is in Toronto. Okay. All right. right, so... I mean, other than talking to them, uh, there, you know, there's really yeah, not a I lot mean, you I, can I've do. Yeah, I've asked them, and yeah. their answer was that we've always done it like that, and it was never an issue, and they did explain to me why they're doing it like this. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's a compelling reason. So, Yeah, so I just wanted to know, okay, is there an obligation for them to keep... It doesn't matter if there's a vacation or not. They have to issue it on a Tuesday. Yeah, uh, they should do it on regular scheduled days. It should be each... They should be They should be doing it on a consistent day um, yeah, yeah. or have a consistent pay period. So, um, but in terms of actually how you're going to... What you're going to do about that, yeah. it, it's tough. I mean, you just started there. I don't, I don't know, uh, you know if, if yeah. you want... If, you know... You're gonna complain, you know. I, I don't know what you're gonna do. Um, you could yeah. talk to the Ministry of Labor. Maybe they'll do something about it. But um, you yeah. know, the alternative is just to uh, to figure, it, you know, deal with it in terms of getting it a day late. And I appreciate uh, your call, Gordon. Mike, I see you guys hanging in there. Stay with us. We're going to take a, a short break here and go right back to your calls. You as well, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Also, one 225 Talk that number toll-free. Employment hour, lots more. Just ahead, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And we're right back at it. Anytime you need to send an email to Dave Lior, member of the team, it is help at employmenthour.com. We'll talk about it a little later as well. Want to find out what your severance should be. Severancepaycalculator.com takes about 30 seconds. It's absolutely free. Can't pay for it if you want to. And uh, it's anonymous totally if you want it to be that way as well. Find out what you should be getting. Get you a baseline anyway. Over 550,000 people have used the calculator. So uh, so give that a shot as we sit here and uh, continue the show. 416 870 6400 Star 640 on cell 1-888-225. Talk, that would be absolutely toll-free tonight. Uh, Gord, thanks for hanging in, pal. How are you? Well, not too bad. Good. Okay. What's going on with you? Well, my problem is last August, I'm 68 years old now. Last August at work, I fractured the uh, T6 or T7 vertebrae in my back. Now, I've been off on WSIB since then. Uh, because of my age, WSIB says... Uh, they only have to pay me until August of 2019. Now, I have a lot of work restrictions, and every time uh, 
I uh, go to the company and ask about coming back, they say they can't do anything for me because of the work restriction. What our plant manager told me, he's told me uh, two or three times, we'd like you to stay off on WSIB until that runs out, and then you retire. Can they uh, make me do that? The quick answer is no. Um, the yeah, employer I've been there for 45 years. Wow, okay. Are you in a union? No. Okay. So a company, the employer has an obligation to, you know, accommodate your medical disability, including work restrictions, um, to the point of undue hardship. And if your employer, if your doctor is coming up with restriction or you know modified duties for you, um, clearly explaining what your restrictions are, and uh, coming up with uh, you know basically a proposal for return to work, and they're just flat out ignoring it or, or not implementing it or not allowing you to do it, um, you know that's that's an issue in terms of a human rights violation. Um, against you, and it could be considered a termination at, at which you know when you want it to be, or well, at least when you're ready was, to return to yeah, work. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Uh, uh, you know, because if I retire, then I'm quitting and I get nothing. Yeah, you, uh, you definitely don't want to do that. I mean, that would be a termination. What he's, what your boss is saying. Yeah, now, and they severance. WSIB are determined to try to find me another job. At 68, they got me taking a computer course at a local college. Yeah. And uh, that's what I said. You know, I don't mind taking the course. Right. But good luck in trying to place me in a job. You know, with my restrictions, I can't lift anything over 15 pounds above the waist. No reaching. Right. But uh, you can't, you're, there, is, there are some things you can do. It's just there's, there's a lot of restrictions, right? That's correct. How many employees work at your company? Oh, uh, there's about 80. Okay, so it's a big company, so they should be, I mean, do you think they should be able to find you something that fits those restrictions? Uh, it's hard to say. I used to uh, do all the welding, the shipping and receiving, uh, big die setups for the tool makers, uh, run production, and some maintenance work. Okay. You know, in uh, 45 years, seems like a lot just to throw out the window. Yeah, you definitely don't want to agree to that plan. Um, you know, to resign or retire because you will get nothing. And um, if there's a termination here, you could, you know, get 24 months to be the minimum you could get. You know, so mm-hmm. two years of severance. Um, the best thing to do, though, um, you, you just have to make sure that your doctor is providing, you know, sufficient information and, uh, you know, sufficient uh, you know, details to allow them to, uh, to assess, um, you know, your medical condition and what uh, your restrictions. So, yeah. Um, uh, it's the uh, spinal specialist uh, at the Trillium Center in Etobicoke that's uh, putting all the restrictions on it. Yeah, I can imagine. He, he, yeah, he says there's nothing else they can actually do for me. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to have to put up with the pain. Okay. But so, there are some, you know, some duties that you could do, right? That's what the doctors are saying? Well, not very much. Okay. I, uh, do you think in the, I, next, in the next year or so there will be? Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah, okay. Because even when I sleep, if I lay down to sleep, I'm up in an hour and a half sitting in the recliner. I try to sleep in the recliner, I'm up in an hour and a half trying to lay back down. Right. You know. Yeah, so, I mean, at this point, um, it doesn't sound like there's anything, like, you should be doing exactly at this point, as long as you're trying to, you know, basically working with the company and your doctor um, and WSIB to attempt a return to work. 
Um, but if you want to give us a call, um, we can, you know, we'd want to review the, the medical notes and the, uh, you know, the, what, if it's a, you know, return to work form or a functional abilities form, uh, mm-hmm. review that stuff with you and just see if there's anything you should be doing in the meantime. Yeah. Okay. So uh, give us a call this week and uh, we can go through that with you. Gord, that number, uh, by the way, I'll give it to you, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 Get a hold of Dave, the rest of the team, and help at employmenthour.com. Uh, for you tonight, though, plenty of time, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk That is toll-free. Uh, Mike, thanks so uh, so much for hanging in, fella. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Uh, what's going on? Uh, quick question for you. I'm, the company I work for, I've been with for 13 years. Uh, I'm a vice president right now. I was told there, uh, re, there's a reorg happening, and they've told me that they're going to change my title back to senior director. Okay. And keep my compensation the same. Now, my fear is that three months down the road from now, if they decide to get rid of me, does my compensation change? Would I lose anything? Well, they're not they're not reducing the pay, the pay, right? Just so I'm clear. Yes, they're not reducing my pay. Okay, but the they're they're making you going your VP down to senior director. Um, when right. did you become a VP? Uh, four years ago, four or five years ago. Okay, and are the duties and like is the job itself um, significantly different, or is it just a title change? Just a title change. So you're going to be doing everything the same? Yep. Okay, that's, do you know why they're doing that? That's very strange. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I was, I was told a couple of reasons, but they don't make sense to me. What are those reasons? Um, uh, just reorg due to acquisitions and that. They're reorganizing, restructuring. Okay. Um, um, but at the same time, I mean, if, if I decide to go somewhere else, I can no longer put down... Uh, vice president is yeah. now a director. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that hurts my future earnings. Yeah, and this is a classic constructive dis- dismissal um, potential scenario, right? Um, you know, usually constructive dismissal is the most classic type of constructive dismissal is a, a cut in pay, um, a cut in compensation, sometimes um, also brought in with a demotion or a cut in responsibilities and, and, and duties. Um, obviously, your case is a bit different because it's just a title change. Um, so they're going to try to say, oh, you, you're, you know, your pay is the same, so why do you care? Um, but I, I don't think that's a legitimate response because, um, you know, you've, you've pointed out it's going to hurt your career prospects moving forward, uh, and there's no question about that. Um, I'm, I assume it'll hurt your standing within the organization quite a bit and just how people view you? Uh, yeah. It diminishes your role, right, within the, within the company yeah. and your standing. Um, yeah. So despite the fact that there's no compensation reduction, um, I still think you'd have a, a strong case for a constructive dismissal um, if you wanted to pursue that. Um, okay. Now, uh, you know, if they, they were trying to do this, you know, they lower you to director and then, you know, a couple months later let you go, um, you know, I think that they would, it would be tough for them to say, oh, he's not a VP, he's a senior director. Well, um, you're, that's, that only happened because you did this. You know, you're only, you, you basically, it, it, that would look like you, they did it just to kind of lower your position. Um, yeah. in terms of forgiving severance, and that would be you know done in bad faith. So I'm not as worried about that, but you know, if you accept this change, you don't do anything about it, you're, you're stuck with that title, you're stuck with that position, um, and then you know, 
in the future what you know they may reduce you you know lower you down again right and then you've yeah. already accepted one demotion um why not another so um you know you could be getting into a dangerous uh situation here where they're basically uh, able to kind of strip you of your duties and responsibilities take you know change your position title um which could really hurt your uh you know you're standing within the organization you're standing you know in the, in your industry and and moving forward so um like you say that could have a huge impact on your future compensation so um before you um you know go ahead with um you know make a final decision on what to do um i would recommend you give us a call um we can look at any contracts you have and just talk about you know what your objective is and and the best way to proceed because um you know how to proceed will depend on um you know what what you want to get from this yeah okay all right. Okay, thanks, Mike. Here is the uh, here's the number to get a hold of Dave and the crew, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to call in for the remainder of time of the show. You still got plenty of time. It is uh four one six eight seven oh sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell and one triple eight two two five talk. That number is toll free. Uh legally is that loss of competitive advantage if he takes a demotion like that? Is that what they call it? I mean, the key thing is it's just a it's a demotion, and uh, yeah. it doesn't really matter that you know the compensation's not changed. Um, you know, the case there's a lot of cases supporting the fact that you can't re- you know demote someone, you know, strip them of a title and give them a lower one, um, even if you keep their uh, their pay the same and their duties and responsibilities the same. Um, you know, it's you know for many people that would be very humiliating, right? Oh, it's um, what it says on the business card is different, right? I mean, that that alone makes a difference. Yeah, and how you're he- how you're held out yep. to customers or clients, to the public, yep. to people within the organization. Uh, it's a huge, uh, a huge hit to someone's career, and uh, you know, generally speaking, employers are not going to be permitted to do this. Um, it's strange that they're doing it, um, just because um, you know, kind of. It, it's it's strange to see it just as a title switch. Usually, they'll take away duties and responsibilities, but they'll keep the title the same. Yeah, that might be on the horizon, right? Or they'll take away compensation, but keep mm-hmm. the the duties and responsibilities and the title the same. This is a unique one, but still, um, you know, it's quite you know, likely a constructive dismissal and uh you know he could um you know treat it as a as such and basically resign and go after them for severance um but uh you know in terms of moving forward uh it just a lot of time it'll depend on the objective um of the uh, of the client because mm-hmm. um if he you know wants to stay in that job or steadily stay you know you know it's a, i'm sure uh, you know it's a, a well-paying job and uh, so there's ways to d- go about that and to try to get that you know engage with the company and try to get that title back on you know basically stop them from doing it so uh, we'll continue on with some uh, some notes you sent me. Uh, basics of termination questions you always get asked about termination of employment. First one, a big one is, uh, is it more difficult to terminate for cause an employee who has worked for the company for a long time? Now, I know several of the callers tonight, you asked them how long they had been there, right? Yeah, the uh, length of service is huge uh, in yep. many uh, aspects of employment law. And uh, that's a spe- you know particularly so with, uh, with termination when it comes to just cause. Um, to establish just cause, uh, an employer basically has to you know, show you know, serious misconduct that ruins the, the trust necessary to maintain the employment relationship. So it really has to go to the heart of the employment relationship. And that's usually reserved for you know, serious uh, you know, incidents such as you know, violence in the workplace, um, you know, theft, fraud, um, dishonesty. Uh, you know, serious dishonesty, um, you know, time theft or not, not showing up to work basically when you're supposed to and you're being paid for it, uh, those types of things. And um, the the more, you know, the longer service you have, the more serious the misconduct is going to have to be. Okay. Um, if you've been somewhere for 30 years and you do one thing that's, uh, even though it could be, you know, serious misconduct, you're going to be given a bit more leeway. 
um, than someone's been who's only been there for several years. Um, and uh, you know, there's no no question about that. Um, the other you know it, way it comes up in terms of um, termination for cause is if a company's trying to you know allege a number of different incidents. So they're trying to build a case for cause, right. and uh, you know, let, let's say performance. Um, if you have, if you're a long service person, it is going to be very difficult, if not impossible, to terminate someone for 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 performance issues. That's not as not the same for a short service person with a couple years of service. So, um, you know, very difficult to uh, to let someone go uh, for cause if they have uh, you know a, a lot of service. We'll get to a, another call here. Thanks for calling in, uh, Joel. Hey, Joel, you're next up. How are you? Hi. How you doing? Good. What's uh, what's your concern, my friend? Well, my concern is uh, that I've been in limbo with the WSIB for 10 years. Uh, in 2006, I suffered multiple and underlying uh, spinal injuries at uh, Sears working at the warehouse. I was diagnosed with uh, two bulging discs and one herniated disc in my low back, as well as a slight disc protrusion in my neck. Mm. which only got worse when I had to return back to work. And when I did go back to work, I wasn't properly assessed by the WSAB. Uh, they didn't take any assessment uh, based on my history, what type of work I did for the company for years. They didn't compensate for my past uh, losses of income related to the nature of the job. You know, when you work in a warehouse and you're lifting mattresses for four or five hours, not only is it tiring, but you go home with aches and pains, and I didn't get compensated for the remaining hours of the workday, mm-hmm. which went on for years, as well as repetitive uh, work, uh, bending, lifting, twisting, putting boxes of merchandise on a conveyor belt. You know, for four or five hours, it feels like you worked eight, ten hours. You go home with aches and pains, tired. I didn't get any compensation. But anyway, in 2006, uh, these injuries that I've been used to, became chronic because of disc problems, bulging discs, herniated discs in my low back, uh, severe pain down my right leg. And over time, my body just broke down. Like other areas of my spine started deteriorating, uh, pinching nerves in the spine, you know, chest pains and cramps and abdominal pains and cramps. Then my condition with my neck gradually worsened. Until finally in 2011, I had to stop working because of all these problems. Right. You know, and when I went back to work in 2009, I wasn't able to uh, stand for too long, walk for too long. It was very interruptive for me to be working. I had a difficult time doing a light job uh, for two, three hours, even though I was present in the workplace for four hours. The WSAB disregarded all the doctor's letters and notes and functional ability forms. I hired a useless, good-for-nothing, incompetent lawyer that mishandled my case, you know, beginning in 2008, and here we are 10 years later, and, I, and I'm in limbo. So what's what do you your mean question by limbo? generally? What's, yeah, what's, yeah. The, what's the issue? Like, are you, have you, has a decision been made with WSIB? Well, all the decisions that they make, I, I told my lawyer to appeal them. Okay. And that seems like went, the right decision. And then it went to some kind of a resolution center where they made a decision. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't get my day to go to a tribunal and speak my case. Like none, none of that ever happened. And so, in the and employer is Sears. My empl- the last employer that I worked for was Sears, and okay. and, I, and I stopped working there uh, in 2011. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's not really. 
I, I don't know, uh, you know, what stage of the WSIB process uh, you know you're you know at. All, all I know is that it's one thing to to get depressed over injuries, how it affects your social life, your quality of life, uh, your finances. You you lose opportunities for other jobs. Right. You know, and then yeah. it's another thing when the WSIB system is a mental illness system. You know, like. There is no, there is no system. You know, the system is designed to make people mentally ill, to make people mentally unstable, to make people addictive yeah. to uh, all sorts, all sorts, all sorts of uh, vices. Sure. So you know, I, I, I went multiple times so, to my to the constituency office. Okay. The MPP that lives in that that is in Woodbridge. Yeah. You know, like going back to Greg Cerbera. Yeah. There was never any help from him or from Stephen Del Duca. So, Joel, um, you know, obviously, we'd have you know to understand everything. We'd have to look at everything that's happened. You know, the decisions that have been made with WSIB. Um, you know, what's been submitted and what their decisions are. So, if you want us, to, if you want, to, we'd you know love to sit down with you and, and go through all that and see where you're at um, and how we can assist you, or if we can assist you with WSIB. Um, and unfortunately, in terms of uh, severance pay, there'd be no you know there'd be no severance pay just because. Um, Sears is done. Sears is done, and uh, yeah. you know that's that's obviously uh, you've been well well publicized. So um, if you want us to assist in any way with the WSIB or review, you know where you're at, um, and provide some advice in that regard, we'd be happy to do so. So uh, give us a call or, or contact our firm. Joel, that is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmenthour dot com. Moving on to uh, to Johnny. Hey Johnny, good evening. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, brother. What's going on? Good. Uh, I spoke to a leader last week, and I was mentioning to him that I was working for this transport company, and they brought in an agency driver which getting paid more higher than full-time drivers, and Leo advised that to call the labor board for it. Now, none of us have done that yet. My question is, if it's okay if we call in all of us and call in one time, call in sick or just walk off the work. We are not union, by the way. We are not union. Mm-hmm. So you're asking if you guys should all just not show up to work? Yeah. That would not be a good idea. Okay. Uh, um, you know, if you're, if you're genuinely sick, then, you know, you can definitely, you shouldn't go to work and, uh, you know, you should see your doctor. But... Um, to call in sick when you're not actually sick um, is, you know, misconduct and could get you in, uh, you know, could get you disciplined up to including termination. So I, I would not recommend that. What is your best advice to do? Just to call the labor board first? Yeah, absolutely. What would they do? I have, I don't know. Should, should we give them all the information, our information? You have given it? No, not yet. Okay. So is the issue that they're the company's brought you're a driver, you're a, a truck driver and they're hiring agency like contractors? Yeah, agency, but he's get, he's getting paid from the agency, not directly from my company. No. Is and is it lowering your hours? No, hours the same, but he's getting paid more. Okay. He's um, getting paid like $4, $3 more somewhere on there. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot you can do in terms of uh, you know dealing with the employer directly, but um, 
you know, if, if you want to call the ministry and see if there's anything they can do, that that's a that's a good option. Um, but you know, you have a if they're not if they start lowering your hours, then you could do something in terms of a constructive dismissal. Then what should I do if they're lowering my hours? I just or give them a notice or yeah you would want to let them know and uh, that you're, you know, you're not you can't accept the, the reduced hours ask them to you know maintain the hours or you know reinstate the former hours um, and if they don't go ahead with that um, yeah you could uh, basically resign an alleged constructive dismissal and uh, go after them but for don't do that package. on your own don't do that on your own nope before yeah. you do that if that does happen you should give us a call and we okay. can we can guide you through the process okay uh, my, another question quickly um, the website that you have helped at unemployment, is that what the website is? Dot com? Yep. Help at unemploymenthour.com, right? Help at employmenthour.com is the email address. Employmenthour.com. Okay, thank you. All right, cool. Thanks, Johnny. Before we uh, we go, I mentioned it. Uh, Dave, give some brief details on the uh, the severance pay calculator. Yeah, it's a great tool to use. Mm. Um, you know, you go on it, type in your uh, age, years of service, and position. And it'll tell you, you know, give you an estimate in terms of the severance pay that you're owed, and you put in your compensation. Um, it's a great tool to just figure out how much, you know, generally you would be owed. Uh, after filling that out, you should give us a call, though, uh, because, like I said at the top of the show, there are specific circumstances um, that people can face that can actually increase the severance package. Whether it's, you know, the fact that you were induced, whether you're, right. you know, you're in a unique industry or a very, you know, highly specialized position that the severance pay calculator can't capture. Um, whether you're in a struggling industry, um, you know you have um, you know medical uh, restrictions or mo- you know modified duties or uh, you know certain restrictions uh, that, that prevent you from doing certain jobs. Um, those things can all increase the severance package you're entitled to. Um, another one would be uh, a non-solicitation or non-compete that could greatly increase the yep. severance package you're owed. So fill in the severance calculator and then give us a call and we can go through uh, you, you know your whole situation. Done for another night, uh, brother. Nicely done, and we'll leave it from there. Uh, contact, and now that we are uh, we are done for the night, severancepaycalculator.com is mentioned. It is 1-855-821-5900, and email help at employmenthour.com. Back here Wednesday night, and we got the weekend shows, of course, and Employment Hour in 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on Saturday and Sunday. We are all over this, so we'll join you again uh, Wednesday right here on Global News Radio AM 640.